Hallelujah, hallelujah. If we could gather into our seats. Amen. This week before Christmas. Too crooked. I would like to turn opening to the book of Acts. And turn to Acts chapter 4. And I think we'll open with verse um, we'll go ahead and we'll back up to verse 25. I was going to open with verse 27, but we'll open up with 25. It says, verse 25 says, Who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Lord Jesus, this is your word. Lord, I am your servant. This is your church. Oh God, speak to us. We are your people, the sheep of your, um, your pasture. Lord, let your word go out. Lord God, let it be alive and change our hearts and minds. We draw closer to you. Heal, Lord. Deliver. Save. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I want to talk to you, and uh, I always wave around on titles, but a Savior which is Christ the Lord. And, and what really kind of stood out to me in, in the words that flew off the page here is I um, talked to God and dwelt on this passage, but when it would say, Thy holy child Jesus, or for of a truth against thy holy child Jesus. And Jesus is the very center of Christianity. It's the, it's the, the heart of it. And um, we had opportunity to go and we watched one of those kind of uh, plays where they put a lot of uh, money into the play, <laughs> and, and it was in a different denomination, but we were watching this Christmas play. It was quite impressive and amazing in some of the, the uh, props that they had. And, um, but even as they talked and I listened, I, they heard them talk about Jesus and the center of it. And that's Christmas right there, is to draw our attention back to Jesus, it is really what, um, when we say the word Christianity, in, right at the heart of it is Christ. And well, poor Sister Christina over here, I noted that we should all remember her name because of the name of Christ. Um, but Christ and Christianity, and at Antioch, they were first called Christians. Now you might be surprised, but that was like, how many saying, you're a Christian. It was a put down. And Dying on a cross was a shameful experience and action, and not just shameful to the person on the cross, 
but it was shameful to all the people who were associated with that individual. And now you have your God, your Lord, your Savior, your champion, your, your deliverer of the world, and you, you have Him on display in full shame in front of everyone. And so to a believer that wanted to be like, hey, we have arrived. Hey, we're, we're, we're kind of considered something here. And then you point into the founder of your faith is in shame. And you had to make a decision if you were going to take that shame on or not. Would you be willing to be shamed because your Lord and Savior were shamed? And when Jesus was teaching and preaching and He was traveling around, there were many religious leaders who privately believed. This is amazing. They privately believed. But they didn't want to lose their position or or come out publicly because they would be shamed. They they didn't see the the cost and the, the reward that they would get in the immediate moment as better than what they had at the time setting with the Sanhedrin and with the great rulers and the, and, and the people who were, were in the know. You know that happens to us because you're at your job. You're at school. You're with your friends. You're with your family. You're, you're talking to somebody and, and you're like, well, they're a good person. And you're, you're, you're connecting with them. And you're like, well, they're, they're great. And, and yet you know that if you told them you spoke in another language when you prayed, well, maybe that's not the conversation we're going to open up with. I am not telling you right now, you just need to walk up to your friends and, and your coworkers and say, oh, hey, I just wanted you to know today that when God filled me with His Spirit, I spoke in another language. I'm not saying that. We want to be wise because we're wanting to bring them the gospel. But I am wanting to bring out to you the fact that shame and, and the experience of it Sometimes we look and we want to hide our Jesus a little bit. But what they need is our Jesus. But Christianity, and the word Christianity, it immediately brought with it shame. And it was derogatory. But yet it is our Lord and Savior, our King of Kings, our Deliverer. And and the apostles, you know, um, well, before they were known as apostles, but the twelve, when Jesus had been teaching the people and He fed them and then He told them about Himself and, and, and they began to leave Him because the sayings were too hard. And, um, and Jesus turned and He said, well, you leave me also. And, and they were like, Lord, where else would we turn? Yet, as I tell you that, you must remember that Peter was taken up and, and when Jesus was taken and they were taking him to trial, um, Peter was following behind and the people were like, hey, aren't you one of those? Aren't you one of them? And he's like, oh, no, no. Because when you're going through a tough situation and, and suddenly it is not uh, uh, the end thing amongst the people you're immediately with, it's sometimes hard to stand for everything that you privately know is true. Here in our passage, it actually starts with Acts chapter 3, right after the day of Pentecost. And Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. They didn't have a separate building they went to to pray. 
In fact, so the, throughout the first 200 years of Christianity, you didn't walk down the street and go, ah, that's the church of Antioch right there. That's the building. See, they even have a cross at the top. And they have fish on the door. No, that's not what it was. You predominantly met in the home. You could get public arenas and get together. And you didn't say, unless they were talking derogatory about you, oh yeah, we're, we're Christian. At least in the first, let's say, 50 years or right in there. Instead, you, like a good Jewish person, and I'm talking about Judaism of the faith, not necessarily of... Um, you would go to the temple or to the synagogue and you would get together and you would think, man, I just wish that you understood that our God, Yahweh, is Jesus Christ and that these scriptures we're reading for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. That's Jesus. And you would wish they would understand. And So Peter and John, and, and they were headed to the temple to pray. And it was known as a sect of Christianity, just a, or of Judaism, just another, another group. And they were like, well, those ones praying over on that side, those are those Jesus followers. But they had experienced Jesus. Now, I told you just a moment ago that Peter had denied Jesus, right? And, and, but after Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to them. Oh, this is exciting. Oh, Jesus, the one that was born in a manger. Mario, the one that healed them. The one that spoke to them. The one that died on the cross. The one that they were ashamed of when He went to the cross. He came back. He knew how Peter had rejected Him. He knew everything they had gone through. Yet, yet Sister Nancy, He appeared unto them. Oh, some of you have dealt with shame and guilt and have put yourself down and you look at your mistakes and you look at your choices and you look at your sins and you want to hide and you say, man, look what I did to my God, my Savior. And He is appearing unto you. He's visiting you. He did not walk through the door and say, well, look at you, a bunch of hypocrites. I went to the cross and I'm back. No, he said, and go tell the other disciples and tell Peter, I'm going to be here. And the only thing that he really came back to Peter with was, that, well, I say only, okay, well, she'll say, right into two, is Peter, do you love me? And when he did that, Peter said, yes, I love you. And then he said, I've got mission for you. Feed my sheep. I've got purpose for you. Feed my sheep. Oh, he appeared unto them. Oh, this is exciting. Oh, that we in our shame, he would turn and say, let me come. Brother Danny, he would say, I want to show myself to you and show you my glory. So they had gone to the temple and they were at the temple to pray and, and on their way in they saw a man lame from his mother's womb daily brought to the temple. There was daily prayer and there was daily sickness. And I'm telling you in the Kirkpatrick household for the last couple months it feels like there's been daily sickness in somebody. You get up the next morning and somebody says, oh, my throat. And you're like, again, <laughs> great. And then later that day you're like, uh, my throat too. <laughs> and but daily, you know, we got daily problems. There was the man of 38 years, 
He was there at the pool every day. And I am telling you, and you'll see some of the sad stories out there, but you'll see people who, who have gone through, through things. I was reading about a, a lady who lost her, her son was kidnapped when, when, in 1982. And they're writing that article for this week. And, and they were like, she still lives with it every day. It's like time has never passed by. Hear me, when you have a situation and you have a struggle and, and, and you've had brokenness occur in your life, you can't say, well, man, I, shouldn't have, I should have gotten over that 40 years ago. No, Jesus is here right now. And just because 40 years have passed and just because you maybe it happened when you're 40 and now you're 80, He has come to meet your situation and your problem. It's not, it's not the past until it can be put in the past. And it gets put in the past when you bring it to Jesus and He heals it and He covers it with His blood and with His Spirit. When He applies His Spirit to your life. And so somebody that needs a spiritual healing today, come to Jesus. You would think nothing of it. Um, I, knew, I knew of a lady, I didn't know her personally, but she had... A lung and half a lung. Do you think that 20 years later, she was like, I should totally be over half a lung by now. Like, no, she still only had half a lung. If you were born without eyesight, you still, I don't care how long you live, it's still a daily situation. And you don't need to be ashamed to say, hey God, what about my daily problem? And you know that lame man, he was, where was he getting? He's like, I'm getting over to the temple. It's at the gate over here. This is where I'm going to be. And, and, and you know, I th see the only thing, I've just got to live with this and i got to deal with this and this is my problem. But, but one day some guys came along and they said the craziest thing ever. They didn't say, <clears throat> so we're a sect of Judaism and uh, <clears throat> we just wanted to meet you today. No, they said, look on us. And I just wonder, was Peter the first one to say that, right? Like, did he speak that out, right? And why? Because if I were John, I'd be like, uh -uh. Peter, we don't have any money. <laughs> you know? It, it, uh, um, but he, they said, look on us. And then they said, silver and gold. Silver and gold have I none. i got to do it King James because that's how I memorized it. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Can't imagine the emotional roller coaster he just went through. Right there. Hey, look on us, Brother Danny. Hey, you need some help We're right here? Yes. I don't have any money. No. But such as I have. What's that? I'm giving it to you. Okay, I'll take it. And he looked on them expecting to receive something of them. When you live your Christianity and you live it as in shame instead of giving glory to God, when you hide out who you are, you're hiding out what they need. They need your Jesus. They need your Jesus. And so, they were headed to prayer. And they preached the word. And how did that, you say they preached the word. They said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. 
And they grabbed a hold of him. Oh, there was such a faith in there. It was like this is happening. This is the, 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 the Spirit of God pricked me. Something's got a hold of me. You're rising up. There was no prayer meeting. There was no, Lord Jesus, if it be your will today. And I'm not trying to knock that down. But sometimes you're praying, hey, God, it's your will. And God's saying, hey, I've just sent you over here to pray for this person. You know, you never need to pray, Lord, is it your will to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost? You already know that. And if He's been working on you and pushing on you to, to go ahead and, and connect with somebody, then, then go ahead and connect with them and trust God. Just trust Him for it. Because the same God that said He wants to fill people that's long-suffering to us were not willing should perish, He's your God. And He will do all of these other things. So... The man, all of a sudden, is leaping and walking and praising God. And, and, and while he's, he's leaping there, people are like, what happened here? This is the beauty of your struggle. When you go through a situation and a problem, and then God brings you out of it, or He heals or delivers, it's a testimony. And you can't ever have the testimony without the test. You don't get the degree unless you go through the pain of school. If it was something that people could just sign up and that would give them a new entry into some great job or degree and they'd say, oh, I'll put my name here, everybody would do it. They'd say, hey, free money. But it would mean nothing to them. But there's the word test and testimony. And people cannot deny your testimony. They will try to explain it away. But you'll be like the blind man who said, all I know... Once I was blind, but now I can see. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. 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 And with this, Peter and John immediately pointed towards Jesus and began to tell all the people there in the temple, it was Jesus that did this. And the religious leaders, sadly, instead of being there to witness themselves the greatness of God, we're like, wow, some notable miracle occurred here, and this is chaos, and, and now people are preaching about this Jesus, and we tried to do away with it. And that's why Peter and John were standing there being questioned by the religious leaders. And in the passage we opened up with, they were taken, and they went before the religious council, and, and, and they says they couldn't find anything to charge them with. Why? Because the people were saying, look what happened. They're like, this would be disastrous if we tried to work something out here. And so they released them and they said, charge them not to preach in this name. Brother Keith, if you just prayed for somebody and you grabbed them by the hand and they were healed, and then I said, Brother Keith, don't ever talk about the Jesus that just healed that person again. For real? <laughs> like, would you really... Would you really, if, if you had cancer and you called on Jesus and your cancer's gone and somebody said, well, don't ever tell anybody that Jesus healed you, would you really? If you, I mean, seriously, those guys were, they're, they're two French fries short of a Happy Meal. Like they would seriously think that, that I had no life 
But Jesus put it together and I was broken and I was tore apart. But now I have joy and He restored my family. He healed me of my sickness. He took my sins. And you're telling me not to talk about Him? But yet some of us get a little further away from those things. And we get prayer out of our lives. And we mix a little too much with the pleasures of sin. And we're out here. And suddenly, the thing that we're now attracted to says, and it'll give us explanations. It'll try logic on us. And all of that you know is lies. But you will slowly turn your back. And because you're drawn to the situation of the moment, you will become ashamed of the one who died on the cross and who has said these things that look good will destroy you. Don't live that way. And you will become two french fries short of a Happy Meal. Yeah. We need to embrace our Savior. Christ is the center of Christianity. There's some points or some things that stand out to me when I think of Christianity and the gospel and, and as they stood here that day. What was the difference for the Christians in the temple? It wasn't just that they believed in Jesus in the sense of they acknowledged Him. Because the religious leaders knew about Jesus. But their belief had led to obedience and they had the infilling of the Spirit. And Pentecostals, I want you to hear me today, and I'd like to go further and say apostolic oneness Pentecostals. It is fundamental to, to Christian, to our beliefs, and to the Bible, that Jesus is that almighty God that was manifest or revealed in the flesh. You cannot let go of that understanding because it's at the heart of everything. If you let go of that and you trade that out, you will quickly discover yourself in a watered down religion and you will give up every other signpost out there. You will give up any sort of holiness dress. You will embrace all sorts of lifestyles. Your morals and your values will shade or be shed away if you start to deny who Jesus Christ is. That God came in a manger. That there was a baby born in Bethlehem. And when you looked at that little baby, you would understand that his father was Almighty God. And for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. But as you begin to unfold it, you would begin to realize that this was no ordinary son. But that God himself that spirit that no man had seen any t at any time dwelt in that body. And that is a fundamental statement that you need to get a hold of. That Jesus is Almighty God revealed in the flesh. And so with that, that tails right into Acts chapter 2. Because Jesus was the sacrifice. And we don't fully realize that today in, in modern times. But spirit and blood were considered to be the, together. And so the blood is what paid for the sin. And the spirit is what applied the blood to our lives. 
So for a, a Roman worshiper in that day, when they would hear about this and, and the infilling of the Spirit, it, it may make a little bit of sense. Why? Because you now have had the sacrifice applied. But the infilling of the Spirit of Jesus Christ is fundamental to living for Jesus. You will not get to heaven without having His Spirit in your life. Oh, but another fundamental thing there. Another key item is the early believers understood in Acts chapter 2. Oh, when they were like, Sister Nancy, they were like, how can I have that? What do I need to do to be saved? What were they saying? I just saw a change come over you. You spoke in another language that you didn't know. And how can I know I got that? I want that. And so when you begin to worship God and He comes over you and you begin to speak in another language, that's the infilling of the Spirit. He did not leave you without a witness. Isn't that not exciting? Oh, let's give the Lord another hand clap. Hallelujah. The infilling of the Spirit is fundamental. But, and that was Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. That's fundamental to Pentecost. But sometimes we miss, there's a few other fundamental things, and I'll, I'll drop through just a couple more of them. Baptism is fundamental. Baptism in the name of Jesus. That's why Peter said, um, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's fundamental. We're going to cover this again, but prayer is fun fundamental. They were, they were gathered together in one accord, and they were praying. Getting together as believers. Right afterwards, they would meet, they went to the temple, right? But they would go house to house and get together. That's fundamental. But Acts chapter 3 opens up. And right away, as we've already said, we see them headed to the temple and there's a notable miracle that occurs. This... After the initial, the 70 went out and then they sent out more and, and signs and wonders were, were happening, there's a moment in there where you don't see miracles again. You just don't see them by the disciples anymore. But this occurs right afterwards. And I somehow think it's almost like an Elijah and Elisha moment where, where Elijah's taken up and Elisha comes over and he takes and he says, where's the God of Elijah? And he takes the, the cloak and he throws it onto the river and the waters part. He, Peter and John are going there, and it's a, where's the God that we walked with all these years? Oh, the one that now was with us, but now lives in us. Miracles are fundamental to living for Jesus. It's fundamental to Christianity. And I don't care what people say. God is our healer. Now in the book of Psalms it says, Who forgiveth our sins and healeth our diseases. And, and that heal right there. God is our healer. Your MS, God's your healer. Cancer, God's your healer. Uh, um, 
uh, addictions. God's your healer. Let me add, He's your deliverer. But in that particular passage, it's talking about sin. And Jesus talked about that we could go into heaven a maim or broken or missing an eye or a hand. Or, and He just talked about the things that you could go into heaven without. But every one of us needs the miracle of the healing of our sins. I need my sins forgiven. And I think it's so, so, so uh, impacting that He compares sins being forgiven to them being healed. And it's so powerful, Brother Terry. Why? Because sin burns down in here and it hurts. And when you do something against God, it... oh. And yet when He comes in, He mends the broken heart. He puts it together. And you don't have to walk into His presence with your head down, hung in shame. You don't have to have the shame of Adam and Eve. And I'm talking to people who've been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with His Spirit. And you messed up. You did something wrong since then. Maybe you did a whole bunch. You don't. Have... He will heal your sin. Let's give Him another hand clap. Let's give Him worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Miracles are fundamental. And I felt as I was uh, going over this that the church of Omaha, I want you to expect healings. We need to get an expectation. You have an expectation. The Spirit of Jesus Christ is in you. And He's wanting to demonstrate and to show Himself to the world. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, let's give Him worship. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, look up at Jesus expecting to receive something. It's fundamental. In the book of Luke, I mentioned about the 70 earlier. But it says, or Luke chapter 10 says, And unto Jesus spoke to them, he said, And into whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you, each such things as are set before you, and heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. Earlier I mentioned your testimony and test, but others need a testimony. So whether it's the healing that God gave you or the healing He wants to give to them because it goes together. You go in and you pray for them and they're healed. And then you say, just want to tell you, the kingdom's come to you. And they say, what, what's this kingdom? Don't I have to die? And, and, and then they're going to say kind words over me and they're going to talk about me going to heaven. No, it's here right now. It's here but not yet. You get to be filled with the Spirit. And when you get to be filled with the Spirit, you still have flesh out here. But you have now entered into the spiritual realm. And people, we need to start living there. Because we're bringing heaven to earth. We're bringing heaven to earth. And so, God's healing is also to show them 
his, his miraculous work so he can do the miraculous of healing them of their sin. Verse 17 says, And the 17 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. I get it. They're <laughs> like, bam. That devil spoke out, and I was, and they told him, get out of here. In the name of Jesus, and they're gone. Even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Now, he's not talking about just little scorpions and serpents running around because I can step on a snake head. Even the scariest one, I can figure out a way to kill it, okay? He's going much further than that. And he's talking about in the spiritual realm. Whatever is going to bite you or snap at you or sting you. He says, notwithstanding, in this rejoice not. That the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And you know what? We sometimes get things turned around. What is he saying? Miracles, signs, and wonders, and, and, and having authority over the demonic. And, and that's here. And heaven is here. The infilling of His Spirit is here. And sometimes we grasp, oh, God can fill me with His Spirit, but how do I deal with the scary out here? No! In the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He's your deliverer. He's your Savior. And then it says, in that hour, verse 21, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hath revealed them unto babes. Oh, what was it? That our names are written in the book. In the book. So miracles are fundamental, but it is not where we attach our hope. We attach it to Jesus Christ. And when you are filled with His Spirit, your name is written in heaven. Fundamental. I highlighted it earlier. I'm just going to briefly cover it again. I talked about it more in terms of shame. But suffering is fundamental. And you think, man, suffering. Immediately when I think suffering, I think going through something like cancer. <laughs> You know, growing up is suffering. Look at every baby born. Everything they encounter is the worst pain ever. You take that baby to the doctor, they prick the finger. Ah! <laughs> when the baby's born sometimes, I don't know that they still do this. I, you doctors and nurses can tell me. I don't remember my kids being slapped. But they used to give them a spanking. We're going to make them cry. Get it out of them. What a way to welcome a child. And that's a traumatic experience. It's all traumatic. Um, but, uh, um, you know, you get on your kid the, the first time. And, and when Bishop was talking the other day about the two times God spoke to him, I noticed they were in his childhood. And we talk about Samuel and God spoke to him as a child. And I was like, Brother Trevor, I was like, well, I feel like my home is secure. And my kids are like, we didn't do what Dad said. And God's like, I'll encourage you. <laughs> and, you know, it, we look back at some of those moments and we think, 
Oh man, and we, we gave them a secure place. But every time you face a situation for the first time, it's sometimes like the worst thing ever. And then as you've lived life and you've gone through experiences and tests and suffering, you suddenly begin to realize, you know, God's got this. And this next thing looks really large, but God, I'm holding on to you and I'm trusting you. And He knows where you're at. And when you need His voice, He will speak to you. But suffering, just learning and growing, it's all suffering. Ask the kids about math class. <laughs> it's suffering. Ask them about reading. They find that suffering too. And that's what I call a hobby um, that I never seem to practice. Uh, pleasure just to read a book um, for fun. It's fundamental suffering. Prayer is fundamental. The apostles were gathered together in the upper room and the 120, and they were praying. And they were doing, they had the first church meeting, but it was associated with prayer. And they were praying with the day of Pentecost. That's why Jesus could speak through them. And we see Acts chapter 3, they were going to the temple to pray. Prayer is more than you just telling Jesus a whole bunch of words. And they may be the greatest words in the world, but it is much more than that. Um, it is communicating back and forth. It is hearing. It is listening. It is setting in His presence and not saying anything at all. But you're just with your Lord and Savior. And His Spirit moves and impresses things in you. And so when you come to Him and you say, Hey, hey uh, God, what about the situation and, uh, that, that Sister Nancy's going through over here? She could really use your help. And he's like, you know, I got her, Lucas. I'm going to take care of her. I want you to go ahead, talk to me just a little bit more about that. Lord, Lord, could you help her children? I care about those children, Lucas. Lord, as a church, we care about them too. I care about them as part of the body of Christ. She's my sister. And her husband, would you be there? You know, he, he, he's got, got some things that he's happened to face. And Would you be there? And, and, and it's conversation. It's back and forth. And, and sometimes he steps in and, and, and he says, hey, but hold on a second. I've got those situations right now. I just want you to see me. And to do that, let's enter into praise. Let's enter into worship. Let's enter into thanksgiving. It's fundamental. It's fundamental. How we pray and who we pray to is fundamental. Something that stood out to me is that it said that there was about 5,000 men that believed. Why did they believe? It was because of the bread. It goes back to the story of the 5,000 being fed and, and the bread being passed out. And, and Jesus tells them in the book of John, Jesus answered and said in them, chapter 6, verse 26, Fairly, verily I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. It was the bread. And when Peter and John went to the temple, the healing and the miracles attracted attention, just like the rest of the crowds that came to Jesus. But it was the word that reached them. It was the 5,000 the 5, men there that day. Why were they interested? Because of the word. 
And the word is what will sustain you. I don't want to make light of you being healed of your sickness or of the miraculous in your life. But it will fade away if you don't have the thing that keeps you every day. And Jesus Christ is the Word. That's why you've got to have His Spirit in you. And you've got to hear His words because His Spirit being in you will bring to your remembrance. We need to get in prayer because in prayer we stir up the Spirit. We commune and we connect. and We need to be in this Scripture because we absorb it. But then you sit and meditate with God and just let it all well up inside. Why? For unto us a child was born. We have a Savior. We have a Savior. Prayer. In this prayer that we read today, I wanted to scroll my Bible page here, by the way. <laughs> I reached down and wanted to do this. But in this prayer that we read by the disciples when they were released, you know, before I get there, one more point I want to highlight. The religious leaders came and they said, by what power or by what name have you done this? They wanted to know authority. And Peter replied, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. What kind of language is that? Well, it's probably not too hard to figure out. It's building language. This is the stone. What is that talking to them about? The temple where the healing occurred. This is the temple. They brought in temple language. What happened at the temple? Well, back in the very back, there was the room called the Holy of Holies. And there was where the Ark of the Covenant was supposed to have set. Hadn't been there for a while. But it was in that room where all time was forgotten about. All space in the rest of the world. And heaven met earth. There the Shekinah glory, the blue haze of God would set. And on the mercy seat. And heaven met earth. And when Peter said to them, and this, at the temple here, it said that's where he would place his name. And there's a fancy word that I can't hardly say, but it's circumlocation or circumlocution. And what that fancy word means is that the name was associated with the place. And if you said the name was there, it's as if saying the place was there. And so the name and the place were the same. And when you're baptized in Jesus' name, His name and His place is in you. When He fills you with His Spirit, when you repent and are baptized and filled with His Spirit, it's all one thing. When that happens, it's His name or His place is in you. So He says to them, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This is the stone which was set at naught. And there is no other name. He's saying the temple was now in Jesus Christ. But when He fills you with His Spirit, you become the place where Jesus is dwelling. Oh, let's give Him another hand clap today. Oh, you need to see how privileged and special you are. And this is for others. So as this prayer unfolded, and they begin to declare the identity of Jesus. Why was that so important? Because all sorts of the world talk about God. 
But it's in Jesus Christ who was born in a manger, who walked on this earth. But it's the spirit of but it's the same, but in his spirit, he's the one that said, Let there be light. And there was light. But he sacrificed that flesh on the cross. And he offered up himself as a sacrifice. And, and it's his spirit that lives in you. There is no other way. We can have the fanciest of programs. We could have the greatest edifices. But really what people need is Jesus Christ. They will turn away for everything else, including the miracles. But they need the Word in their lives. They need the bread. They need Jesus. So bring them Jesus. And as they heard this, they lifted up their voice. They, they declared the prophetic words of the book of Psalms. How this was going to happen. They talked about the determinate counsel here who was coming against them. And they said, and now Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants. We'll just pause for a moment. We have about six minutes left. But What were they saying? They said, behold their threatenings. Brother Jeremy, I'll pick on you again. Because if I said, behold their threatenings. <laughs> Sister Nancy here had done some... Something terrible to me? I'd be like, look what she did. That's what that sounds like to me. King James-ish. Behold her threatenings. That's what that sounds like. Look what she did. Behold it. See the threatening. See what they're doing. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. And grant unto thy servant that with all boldness. Oh, yeah, we're going to take care of them. By stretching... With all boldness, they may speak thy word, comma, by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. In this time of Christmas, we had a Savior that said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we have our apostolic forefathers that would not deny because they had seen Jesus alive. They were filled with his spirit. And you know what they said when they faced adversity and people came against them? Lord, let your word go out and let miracles, signs, and wonders occur. Oh, hear me, hear me. Brother Sal, what do we need? Oh, you may be against this right now, but you need a healing. You need physical, but you need sins healed. Hear me, hear me. Oh, people might be turning away from this. They might be rejecting it. They might be caught up in their club or the group they're a part of, and they may see you as a threat. But God, release your word. And with signs, wonders, and healing, this is the response of the church. It's mercy, it's grace, it's love, it's miracles, it's salvation. It's a gospel that we want to see preached. We need to preach it. We need to deliver it. This is why you can't run away and say, Oh God, just don't let me suffer. Instead, what did they say? They, they, Lord, with all boldness, they may speak thy word. God, we need to go back to the task. There was an excitement. You know what their focus on Jesus was? Their focus was not a checklist. Okay. Prayed. Ooh, fasted. Got it right there. We went to the temple daily. Called 35 people right now. No. It was on Jesus. 
And you know what that does for you? 5,000. Do you know what that does for you? Daily communication. You're not out there, Sister Dana, saying, Ooh, you know what, I need to talk to God right now so I don't sin. Instead, you're out there. Jesus, look at the fields. Look at the people. Instead of living a defensive lifestyle that you're like, God, please keep me from, from messing up and making a mistake. Oh, man, I had a bad thought. Instead, you're like, oh, let me come against those things in the name of Jesus and tear down strongholds, and I'm going to share the gospel. And you know what? No weapon formed against me will prosper, and that sickness right now is subject to the name of Jesus. Be healed. Hallelujah. Oh, let's, let's give Him a hand clap. Let's give Him worship. This is the message of Jesus Christ. He came to save people. He came to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captive free. And the, uh, um, the early disciples, they understood this. And when they experienced Jesus, they ran out there headlong. There was no Sadducee, no Pharisee, no Roman ruler, no, no guard, no soldier, no religious leader, no opposition that was going to stop this. Instead, Lord Jesus, release it more. Let it be released more. Let, 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 it, let it go into Blair. Let it get into Norfolk. Let it get into the house over there. Get over in Elkhorn. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we could go on and on and into Papillion and La Vista and out in Gretna. Release it. This has got to get out there. It's the Gospel. It's our Savior. It's Christ the Lord. Can we stand to our feet? Oh. Can't you hear the call to the shepherds? For unto you is born this day. <laughs> I don't know where you're at right now. But I know that Jesus was born in the manger all those years ago. But scripture is alive right now. And so Jesus is speaking into your hearts wherever you're at. Whatever hurt, whatever doubt, whatever struggle. For unto you is born for this day a Savior. Lord Jesus, you're our Savior. And we want to release you to the world. God, let's hold fast to you. Hold fast to what you've done in our lives. Oh God, the preciousness of who you are and who you are to us and what you want to be. Lord, let us carry your gospel out. Let us shine a light, the light, Lord, of, of the light that came in the manger that wants to be in the hearts. Lord, let us see, oh God, not checklists, but an un, oh God, an unbreaking horizon of the greatness of who you are. Not a goal just to reach, but an unending future of you, Jesus Christ, where you save and move and deliver and heal and we grow in You and never see the end of Your greatness. We worship You, O oh God, and we praise You, and we thank You for coming. Go ahead, give Him some love. Thank You, Jesus. Oh God, do a great work in this service. Oh God, and empower Your people. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. We will see you back here in 10 minutes.